This episode is part two of my conversation with Patricia McBride. I'm just lucky I was there at the time, that I was a dancer at this time in his life. You know, we saw him every day. He was there day and night. He was there every performance. He'd be in the wings or out front. And, you know, he was so nice to the stagehands. He had a wonderful connection with Ronnie Bates, our stage manager, Perry Sylvie. Everybody respect. He had so much respect. Mm. You know, it was, he deserved it mm -hmm. <laughs> because, and he was so humble and kind. And I remember I was uh, dancing with Eddie Valella with the Boston, uh, we were guesting. In the with the Boston Ballet and just Eddie and I danced with them and I think uh, Sally Leland was supposed to because she's from Boston her teacher was that's where she came mm -hmm. from and she unfortunately she hurt herself mm -hmm. so I think I learned Chai Pa and I did Scotch Symphony which I knew mm -hmm. with Eddie Valella. We did the show, we rehearsed, and it was very exciting, and I love to do Scotch Symphony also. Actually, Mr. Balanchine taught it, taught me Scotch by himself. He had Diana Adams come and teach me in the third movement, the, you know, the little solo that she did. But he taught me, no, but just the two of us were there learning. He taught me Scotch Symphony. So I danced it with him very, I was very young, maybe 19 something like that and I did it throughout my career but um so so when I first did it he, I, I came off and I said Mr. B I, you're here you're here I was like he was there in the audience and he came so I get he came so to Boston he came to watch and I said oh how was it it was okay I was like, what did I do all right he said dear <laughs> he said well yes you dance beautifully but why are you suffering in Scotch symphony i would be feeling the music so much and he thought it looked going, like suffering and i i would wrinkle my brow because i was suffering with the music you know so okay so so the next day when i see him i come off stage and i say is that better is that better mr b so i try to really not suffer he liked to uh, not not to be bland with your face, but not don't look like you're in pain suffering with the mm. music because the music is so beautiful. he's given the world look at the repertoire look what he's done for dancers who have never worked with him to do a balancing ballet you grow you keep your technique you learn so much about yourself to doing doing a balancing ballet mm -hmm. you know being daring and he always said uh, like in class I don't care if you fall I'd rather you give a hundred percent fall down I, rather than holding back, doing 50%, not taking chances, you know, to really give all you have. And we all did that for him. Patty, you've been teaching Balanchine's technique and his aesthetic and his philosophy for decades now. And 
what has that been what has that been like for you what's that experience of transmitting to younger uh, people what yeah. he taught you yeah I love it I just love being able to pass on he made it easy also for us because of the technique that he's devised mm. the balancing style mm-hmm. the classwork his approach it's a really different musicality of what he wanted the tondus accent out but in also mm. and one or one and a and then in and in the musicality and uh, everything the the balancing style pass i could call it his style mm. his there's something more than but it's like his whole vision aesthetic methodology it's methodology. He really philosophy. had a new way because um, the dancers from the past were not presenting their feet to the floor. You just, like I when I started out, I didn't know about that till I was you know taking classes, you know at the school and even more so with his everyday classes. It was just, you just did a PK arabesque any old way with energy, but it wasn't, you know, you show your foot, you turn out from the inside out, and how you, you know, use your plies on the jump, going through the feet, the turnout. He had us, he put a money clip, uh, which I did to you. When we were little kids you were in little Charlotte. Boy, I did it to, to, to teach us how, how to, to cross do, the baton. He believed in, in those tondus as the basis for everything you did. And um, so he would put the money clip between your thighs in fifth position and front and back. You would do a tondu holding your thighs. So you would keep your turnout all the way. If you dropped the money clip to the floor, you were doing it wrong. Mm. And it was, and that's, and I, uh, it's good for the little ones to, because it's, it's hard to reminder. feel your, yes. fear, you know, all of that uh, technique. But um, so it, it made teaching. Um, I, I try to give them the freedom, the, his musicality. The apomar is so important. The, the position of the, of the shoulders. Ha- I try. The it's not exaggerated what I do. It's pure and classical. Once he told me. Once he said this. He said, "You know, I can tell a good dancer by they only have to do saute, tombe, glissade, assemble, and I can judge just by that what kind of a dancer." they are if they're good or I mean I thought that was a kind of eye-opening to me Mm. and it's so true because sauté is a you know to do a really beautiful sauté with with the explosion into you and keeping your beautiful line but using the feet pushing off using your plies he worked plies a lot of plies we'd have to do under chassis, grand plié, under chassis to a grand plié, which was really hard. Mm. And for some of the listeners, the, the grand plié is when you're in the fifth position and the knees bend all the way down, and then to do under chassis from that deep of a bent position is very challenging. Lots it's of power hard from on the, the muscles, thighs. Muscles, muscles. Yeah. Makes you strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, but he had so many extraordinary things like he he said I don't want you to dance like zombies did I tell you that already about being zombies Mm-mm. being zombies mm. he he didn't want us just facing front and stiff and stiff see the fingers he wanted your fingers to be alive we even had to hold the ball in the hands could you talk to, to us get, about that we had a little ball because he wanted 
it to be rounded here, but from rounded you would stretch them out into an arabesque, but it, it would grow. The, see, the fingers would be there and well placed. The pinky and the forefinger here, and with the thumb never up or out. There was a specific, and it was quite beautiful. So we worked very hard on our hands to get them to be beautiful. And we would do porter bras sometimes, and he would do like two hour classes. And our company was small at that time, you see. I think it was 66 dancers when I joined. And you saw it grow to and 100, it 100 plus well, That was his dream. To have a huge To have company. like the Marinsky. We always felt we were his family, mm. you know, because... You were? <laughs> Patty, I still think of being a little boy in Charlotte and how you would talk about and show us how the arm moved from the side up to fifth with the inside of the wrist coming in. Yeah. You're talking about painting, painting. the ceiling. I do it I, the on the mirror, I, like this here. Oh. Because he, it I wish was you could so all see her right now. It was so important to him. It's a small little details like how you take the hand. And it was, he always gave us something to think about. Because people think that Balanchine didn't want passion he That's didn't want true, yeah. he didn't want people to suffer like right. I suffered. Yeah, he didn't want <laughs> but melodrama he, but he, he didn't it. Want it was melodrama. my first show of you know he saw me and he, he cried so I was I was very thankful to that it really helped me a lot mm. small thing made a big difference yeah. you know and he cared and so much about those transition steps I remember you working with us at length on the glissade that oh. simple transition step from the fifth, exploding to second position in the air, and then snatching the legs back yeah, down getting that to the fifth. Leg and yeah. pointing your that feet. Energy. And yeah. that, that simplest step, that, that's my favorite step in ballet. Because <laughs> no. you worked with us on the glissade well, you were so much. You were, and, you and were very young. And then to, and to feel that as a young dancer, that every movement was so valuable. Yeah. Even the smallest transition yeah. step, the glissade, was mm. so important and was like a little jewel. Yes. Like a little yes. sparkling piece of the whole vocabulary. It's true, it's true. It's, it's, the link, it's the link to everything we do, the connecting of the steps. Mm. You know, but it's the, and the plie, the push-off is so important yeah. you know, to do that. And I remember you working with us on the energy and how we spot our heads in the turns, all the different um, turns, the energy in the spot. I like the spotting. I try. I still am trying to do the because it's hard. Some people hold their necks, you know, they're not relaxed to do it. Because I, I was on point when I was eight with my local teacher, <laughs> and I was like turning when I was very young, and I always had to do spotting. But in balancing ballets, you really have to because some of the turns are very quickly, mm -hmm. and if you don't, you know, do that double spot, it's hard. Could you share with our <laughs> listeners the story about the frappe, the step where the dancers strike the floor, and what Mr. B wanted with that? Yeah, I heard from the boys. I, you know, they they were all around. But there's a really a, a, a really fun story about about Mr. Balanchine, when he was teaching class, and he had a very distinct way that he wanted us to do the frappe. He wanted the sound like an explosion on the floor, with energy, speed, and not to lift the the f the toe too much off the floor, but you strike the floor with the bottom of the foot. Like, like that. Frappe out with the energy you hold, bring it in, accent in, oh, like accent. And he was getting frustrated because the girls were making lots of noise, and the boys, he would be upset with it because they weren't making that sound. That he like, and we do fast and slow, double, all that, 
that. So he was teaching class the next day, and the boys went to some of the girls, and he, he they found point shoes, and the the boys wore point shoes in his class, and come the frappes, and they were going. The frap, the, the rap, you know, and he barely registered. You know, he was probably a little. He didn't really barely say anything. Just, I mean, they were so full. They loved Mr. B, you know, and they just wanted, they wanted to prove a point, because, <laughs> you know, that they could make the noise too if they if had, they had the right shoe. <laughs> but we also had a story. Oh, I had a great story for Mr. B. We were, you know, we would, we did a three-month tour with the company in 1962 when we went to Russia during the Cuban Massacre. We spent a month in Germany, Austria, two months in Russia. We went to five Russian cities. And so I had a lot, a lot of injuries, and I was dancing a lot, and I ran out of shoes, point shoes. So I was going to go, and I, I got to the, you know, the, the Russians gave me some of their shoes, and I was going to maybe have to wear the Russian point shoes. And... Mr. Balanchine was going back to America. He needed to get out because he was afraid he wouldn't be let out again. I mean, mm -hmm. he was so excited to be back in his homeland. His brother was met us at the airport. And it was, a very, it was emotional for us thinking about him and for us to see where he was in Russia. I mean, can you imagine? And he'd been away Here since we are. I was 20. I was like, a, you know, so young. And, and, um, but so... So he heard about my story, and he brought me a box load of my shoes from New York when he came back <laughs> so I could get through the tour. Otherwise, I would have been on Russian point shoes. They were really hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, he didn't like us to... That's where, you know, he... Doing serenade that the girls had to... He was... Um, he wanted us to really bang those shoes mm -hmm. so you wouldn't hear running on stage and off. It's so distracting. It's so unethereal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wanted that, you know, and doing serenade going back to Russia. Can mm. you imagine? We did Love All, so I'm trying to think of repertoire. But, but it's so interesting for the listeners amazing. to know that the women do bang out their point shoes so that when they do get them on on stage, they're silent. They're silent. And so it almost sounds like machine gun fire backstage before the performance because all the women are banging out those point shoes but you hear them against the wall so that you don't hear those point shoes on stage. So you see the ballerinas but you don't hear them. That's true. Except in the frappes like you talked about before. That's the time when you are supposed to hear the dancers is the frappe. When you danced Rubies at the Kennedy Center in 1974, one of the reviewers wrote this, and it ties in so beautifully with what you just said. Patricia McBride moves through the technical and rhythmic hazards of her part with incredible freedom, the ultimate hallmark of the Balanchine dancer. Uh, that freedom. Uh, and I remember you talking to us about abandon. Abandon freedom. Whew, right. To fly, well, Mr. Balanchine wanted that. that you know, he wanted that so much tried so hard and with with going from city center to lincoln center it was astounding how much just running it was a, it's a big stage and we actually you know we were touring uh europe from city center and in europe the stages were the old opera houses with rake stages dancing on a rake was so f to be a young dancer in precarious 65 we did all the capitals of the london paris just all over italy all over you know germany and doing all these 
amazing. We went to Russia in 1970. Going with Mr. Balanchine to Russia was such an amazing. We did, uh, yes, that was, we went twice when, when I was in, in 72. We did Jewels in 72. But in, in 62, we went. For the first and time. And they hadn't seen a lot. But dancing on those enormous stages was very challenging. What was it like to dance rubies in Russia? That was in 72. We what went, was that oh, like? wow, that was extraordinary. Just the fact that we went to the hollow ground of where Mr. B started when he was a little boy. Mm-hmm. Did you do jewels at the Marinsky? Uh, we did. We did. Wow. We also, we did two. We went to Moscow. We did a big tour. We were during, in 62, we were there during the... Mu- Cuban Missile Cuban crisis. Missile Crisis. During that, that was extraordinary. The State Department was amazing. We mm-hmm. were, and the audiences were incredible. They were screaming. They loved Arthur Mitchell. Mitchell, 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 Mitchell. And you met him. Remember, yes. we met him uh, not long ago. That's right, before, with Arthur before he but passed. They, he was so amazing. Also, I, I've had such extraordinary partners in my life. Mm-hmm. I have to thank you for every one of them, mm-hmm. because they all, you know, when you work with somebody, it's it you get to know them so well. Yes, and it's the communication. You mm-hmm. love them dearly. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all so help. You know, they're you work so hard together to be one. Yes, in to have be on the same wavelength and you want to make something beautiful the two of you together want to make you know this work and so it's I mean when I was young I danced with older people and the older I got the younger my partners were there was like a reversal Mm. (laughs) I remember dancing I mean I think Jerry put me with some an 18 year I was 46 and he was 18 Jeffrey and I was like Edwards. smiling and I said you know, Jerry, what? You know? but I loved it I loved mm. it it was wonderful it was wonderful and that was in the Opus 19 I, the dreamer Opus which, 19, we, which yes. we had a podcast episode yeah. about that earlier this year oh you did yes oh so who was who were who you speaking with? I talked with Jean-Pierre Froelich and oh. our uh, concert master who plays the concerto, Kurt Nikkinen, and Taylor Stanley, who dances the lead now. And oh, I also had a little wow. segment with Peter Boll, who had danced oh, with for wonderful, many years. Oh, how wonderful, wonderful. But, I mean, all, and also Jerry was so extraordinary to have two geniuses in the house. And they the working and the... The kinds of ballets were so different. Yeah, how did that compare working so, with Jerry versus Oh, it Mr. was Green? so different because Jerry needed more time. But I worked, you know, I was in the original. I had danced all his ballets when I was very young. Mm-hmm. Frank Monsion taught me all, like Fawn and Cage, when I was very young. And then mm-hmm. I got to, when he came to the company, when I got to do it with him. Fawn, you know. Yeah. But um, but he he needed more time. And Mr. B would give him all the time for his. Mr. B didn't, he could put something together so quickly. And Jerry needed to experiment more. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of his works, like I, I, working like the first time was just extraordinary. Because that would have been Dances at a Gathering, right? Which, which he developed gathering. for you and Eddie. Yes, he started Jerry with us as a pot of dough. And Mr. B saw it, and then he, Mr. B said, bring more dancers and it ended up to be an hour-long ballet.
he was very wonderful to work with. I, I, I always loved working with him. I felt very at ease with him. He, he loved I you. loved I loved working and I feel like I grew so much working with him and hearing what he said because he was the opposite of Mr. Balanchine. <laughs> he would tell you exactly what like with Cage every detail, fawn, the de the detail, every single you always felt ready for his ballets. The ballets the old ballets he would work on the details with me. He wanted a certain way and he even changed at the end. But um, the ballets he made on me, um, he let me be me. He didn't tell me, really. There was not a lot of explanation for what he wanted, really. He let me. But uh, the older ballets that it, uh, of his... That he'd made on was, early Yes, ballets. and he rehearsed me in them every, from when I was, when he joined till the end, till I retired. And he changed, you know, the cage I did for some, and I, you know, I worked with him, rehearsed with him. And at the end, the last season, he decided he wanted her to be more vulnerable. Mm, the novice. The novice. And so, because I had the killer instinct when I was young. I just wanted to attack the minute he came, you know, the first intruder. Because you it's know. that ferocious insect community. I was like, strong, you know, what did I know? I was just a young person, you know, when yeah. I was very nervous to have to do that ballet. Because it felt so unnatural. And I was kind of embarrassed at those movements, you know, we take the boy's head and... The kill, the kill, it's yeah. such a strong, I mean, the ballet is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Nora Kay was, I mean, all the, and Melissa, I saw mm -hmm. Melissa, she was incredible. In mm -hmm. it. Fierce, I'm Yes, sure. and Allegra was wonderful, very different, but also so, the ballet was, so, so, and then they put, in, I was so shy and timid, you know, um, but, um. So I got, Frank got me, to, and I didn't have a lot of time to do it. But so I, I did it for many years with Jerry a certain way, but he just decided he wanted her to be more vulnerable. And I worked on it, thought about it, and I tried to. And the next day, Jerry came in and he said, hey, did you see the review? I said, oh, yeah. I was, uh, yeah. I said, yeah. He said, he said, you were vulnerable. Or she said I was vulnerable. And I felt so happy. I thought, Phew. You accomplished what you Oh, my goodness, thank you so much. But I, I could laugh, and I could enjoy and laugh with Jerry, you know, and I, I, I got, he had a bet, like the season after we did dances at a gathering, where we rehearsed, and we rehearsed, he taught us class, and we did 13 weeks, five hours a day on it, and it was just the cast that did it off season. Wow. We did it off, and, um, and then, so then, we, it was a huge success. Oh, gosh. You know, the greatest ballet masterpiece of the century. You know, it was, like, amazing. And working with ABCD, different... The different, versions different versions of all the choreography. Of he didn't know what was doing what. And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I can't decide. It's also... I love everything. So he put me in everything. Because he taught was, all the participants, all the sections? Every, well... Or most of you? I learned a lot of things. Everybody, there were a few casts. I mean, there was no cast, really. I knew the first one I would do, but he wasn't sure, and there was a dance of two girls that Sally and I did, and he, he deleted it after. I think we did one performance, maybe, of it. And he cut it. And I had every, I had the Grand Moss, and then one day I said, I, I think I'd like to not be in the Grand Moss, because my knee was bothering me at a point, and he didn't like that. <laughs> didn't like he wanted me to do all of them, but eventually he took it out. And so now the girl day. that does it now doesn't do the grand waltz, cause it was it was I was in every you know a lot of 
It was wonderful. You were the I learned, original woman. I pink. loved it. The pink girl. I loved mm. doing it. Mm. Doing it. Well, but so the Kate story. Yeah. So he he um, was very specific. I think he was very specific with some of the ballets that he, mm-hmm. the old works, mm-hmm. basically it was, you know, I wasn't Jewish doing it, mm-hmm. but he gave us a book. He gave Helgi and I a book about the Divic. So we read it mm. and we tried to get into the spirit of it. And it was very exciting to work because Leonard Bernstein was around. Doing the music. Coming. So having Leonard Bernstein there, the two of them again seeing history. They were the two of them, their collaboration with the West Side Story and all they had done. But I, I also could see Jerry's soft side. He loved children. He, I could bring my daughter around, and he was, had a soft spot. He loved children, dogs, and he was very, he could be so sweet and caring and very deep mm. and funny. I remember his laugh a lot of times, just hysterically laughing, but he was very specific when he wanted. But he gave me also liberties of, there was always a hint of drama, like even in, in and dances at a gathering, just walking around felt like being an actress on stage. Because you had, always on stage as a dancer, you create the atmosphere around you. When you make an entrance, you have to bring, you have to bring something to it on stage. You know, and sometimes you don't even realize because it's the magic of the theater what does it mean to you? What do you feel when you see these ballets that were made for you danced now? And they, they live on. I love on. it. Well, I just love it. I love coming and seeing the new generation. In life, you need things that inspire you. Mm-hmm. You have to be touched. Mm-hmm. And it's very touching to come to the ballet, you know, and, and, and see the younger generation doing all these ballets. I mean, they do so much more now than when they, they have all these, you know. We did Nutcracker and Capella when I was there. We didn't have Swan Lake, Sleeping Beauty. Although I did Giselle and Sleeping Beauty off outside time, outside. Company, yeah. But, I mean, and they have to go, you know, La Sophie to a sneaker ballet or mm-hmm. very contemporary work. It's and then they have, they have the wealth of Robbins and Mount. I mean, it's a heavy load mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And... I look at the rehearsal schedule and it's like thirty oh, rehearsals. Like thirty a day. rehearsals a day. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the company is growing and the Mr. Balanchine would have been so happy, I think, to see him you know, the beauty of what's here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he was looking down. So we're we old people <laughs> are are just trying to pass on when we learn from him. Mm-hmm. And there are so many of us still around that are sharing. We, you know, it's it's a wonderful thing to be able. It's a big responsibility, actually. Mm-hmm. Like I stage ballets, you know, outside of New York. Yeah. And You've I, so I love it. Now. I love staging those works. It's given me me. You have to wake up and have meaning in life, and I I feel that. What would I do if I were retired? You know, I I love the fact that I can pass on his legacy, pass on the beauty he gave us in the best that I can, and to have that the dancers understand and how he wanted them to be themselves. 
that they don't have to be a carbon copy or if they see a video they don't have to copy what they have to copy the musicality you know the spirit but they have to find a way in themselves to be for me that's really important when I mm. stage his works and it's such a joy I just love it and I love you know l you know doing ballets the core that I've never done what he did for the core is so amazing mm. and Patty one of those sweet traditions from your early days in the company was how a ballerina would teach her role to the next ballerina oh yes it was wonderful I learned so much from them I remember um Violette taught me uh, Russian Girl and, and Sarnaud and Patricia Wilde. And she was the first. Pat Wilde taught me uh, Raymonda right after she did it. You know, and uh, I had many people like Janet Reed when she was teaching roles that were made on her. But he stopped that after a while and had the ballet masters doing it. Mm -hmm. You know? But it was so wonderful to hear firsthand, you know. And one ballerina to another. Yeah, that they could. And Melissa taught me her Liebesleader, you know, and that was so great to have learned it from them. And I wasn't allowed, actually, to change an arm. <laughs> I, had to keep, I had to really keep the same. So I really tried to, to really be exact on, on what everything was, was, was asked of me. But then, you know, when you choreograph something for you, you could, like Jerry would always say, oh, decorate. He'd say, oh, decorate this with your arms. Decorate it how you are. And then it became like everybody had to do it. You know, after me, it was set when he'd staged something. And then the dancers after you, he was very specific, wanting it to be like the, I, I think he wasn't as secure as Mr. B was because he was afraid it wouldn't look as good if he wasn't exactly like the, the opening was. But he was such a, I just absorbed, I, I wanted to be a fly on the wall watching him rehearse like a dancer at a gathering, working with other people. I felt like I learned so much to be natural. And mm -hmm. It was a different way of working, not to sell to the audience, mm -hmm. you know. But you've heard this all before. Everybody knows this. They're all, everybody speaks about this. Right. But the listeners, I was like, the listeners don't know all this. I mean, we, no. I, I've tried to summarize some of these ideas, but right. it's nothing like hearing from you, and you were there with Jerry and Mr. B. Yeah. And the idea that your decorations became the... Well, the it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't everything in the ballet, though. It was no, a little part. Yeah. But he'd just he'd say, "Oh, decorate." I thought that was fun. That's, that's a fun way to that's say that's it. Great. Yeah, like Mr. V, a few things he said. Oh, do you want you on here? Like in Harlequin, nod. There's a so. Oh no, it was Basie de la Fay. That was a little part, and and he let you choose your arms. Tarantella too. He said, oh, "Do what you want here." I, then it's in there, you know. Mm -hmm. But then that, that little bit it's, of you becomes but it's, signature. It's two. It's two minutes. Like the arms and this. It's just mm -hmm. two minutes. It's two minutes. It's, it's not much. But it's sweet. It's like little traces of you in the balance. Yeah, a little bit. With Mr. B, he wanted you to feel comfortable and natural in it. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't natural, but he, it, you'd work on it a little. It wasn't never that uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Just a few maybe things, and you work on it so you feel it was really comfortable and. To be, a, you're so lucky in life to do what you love to do, because it's never work. 
Mm. You don't. You're you're not doing it for money, and you're not doing your. It, you're, it's just so much joy, and there's also um, feelings of insecurity. You don't like to see yourself in the mirror. There's so much about yourself you don't like, and you, your shortcomings. You have to work around, you know, things that you're always trying to better yourself, and you grow as you get older. You just, hopefully. <laughs> But, you know, the, the, you have doubts about yourself when you do a new ballet. You don't know, you know, if you're doing the right. <laughs> and so it's nice to have a support system, you know. My mom was wonderful. You know, she was so wonderful. I have to thank her for so much. That's, you know, she always was so behind me. I knew when she said, oh, that wasn't so good that I must have been horrible. Because she never, she didn't say that, but I felt so bad. And, oh, my goodness, I'd feel like I was good. And no, she <laughs> then I'd feel bad. And she, oh, no, I was good. You know, but, but uh, I loved her when she was, you know, you feel like you have somebody there that from, um, and she wasn't pushy at all, but she was, you know, so wonderful. I like your parents are so wonderful. You know, they're so supportive of you. They love you so much, and they're behind you. They give you so much. So, you know, I always felt, you know, she was there for me. Yeah. And she liked to go to the valley. She just loved it. In her day, she was a great jitterbugger. She could do all that. She was, she loved to dance. Never took ballet, but loved to dance in high school. She would dance all night. <laughs> she loved coming to the ballet. <laughs> mm. She must have been so proud of you. Well, aren't all our parents? They <laughs> 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 are. Patty, my last question is, in 2014, you were honored with the nation's highest award for oh. the arts, the Kennedy Center Honor. What was that experience oh, for you? Oh, that was such a shock and surprise. It was astonishing. I was so happy. Mm. I mean, I felt the flood of love from everyone. They were... Everyone was so happy for me, and I, I, I just was uh, crying tears of joy when I, I got the news. You know, I was so wonderful. I nearly fell over. I was such a shock, and to get it with President Obama, mm. that was the best for me. Going to the White House, bringing my children there to be a part of it, was so special. I mean, what an honor to be there and with the. Tom Hanks and Sting Lily and Lily Tomlin. Tomlin and Al Green. What an honor. I'm just surrounded by love. It was such a beautiful, a beautiful thing in my life to happen at that time in my life. Mm -hmm. Well, Patty, know that you are loved and treasured by the whole ballet world. Oh. And you're really one of the treasures of this art form's whole lineage. And I feel so blessed to have known you since I was a little boy. Oh. And to get to talk with you today has been such a delight. Thank oh, you, thank well, you, thank, thank you. Thank you for your beautiful words, Silas. Mm. Love you, Patty. But I love you back. <laughs> To stay up to date on all City Ballet podcast releases, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll join me again to hear the dance.